I'm Pat Harbison, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On driver. Snyder with scores. Now it's Fidel scores. Hands off for Rabel. Switches hands and scores. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton. He's Adam. Together, we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. We're here with Pat Harbison, 2011 NCAA national champion with UVA, MLL champion with the Ohio Machine, and current midfielder with the Redwoods in the PLL. Pat, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. No, we appreciate you coming on. You're actually the fourth member of the UVA 2011 NCAA National Championship team we're talking to. We've talked to a few of your teammates in Steel Stanwick and uh, Mark Cockerton, as well as your coach, Dom Starza. So uh, we've got a little bit of a, a thing going with former Virginia lacrosse players, so, so we want to keep that going strong. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And uh, Virginia just got a big win tonight over High Point, so uh, now we'll keep the good times rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess let's start off a little bit with that. How, how do you think the, the boys look this season? I mean, obviously they're coming off the NCAA championship last season. Um, you think they can repeat? I think definitely so. I mean, the college across scale, all across, I mean, there's so many talented teams and, you know, you're seeing some 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 schools pop up, you know, High Point, for example, being, you know, a, a good team and, and beating Virginia last year, you know, giving Virginia a run for their money this year. But, you know, I think it's an, an open race. Obviously, you have Penn State. You know, Virginia, Yale, Maryland still up there. But, um, you know, kind of to go off the what Duke does, you know, you can't judge a team in February because, you know, some teams are just going to get better. And, you know, unforeseeable injuries or circumstances might pop up along the ways as well. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a long season. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, they, they looked good tonight. Uh, they pulled out that victory against High Point. Um, but I want to go back a little bit. We're going to talk about your championship win with UVA. But before we do, I want to go back a little bit farther and talk me through when you first began your lacrosse career and um, tell me when you first started playing and what drew you to the sport initially. Yeah, for sure. My, my lacrosse story is uh, I, I always like laugh when I tell it. Um, so I, I come from a military background and, um, you know, I lived in J- Japan actually um, when I was in second and third grade. So I had no idea what lacrosse was, but I loved football. I think it was probably around the time like where remember the Titans came out and I just remember all I wanted to do was play football. Um, I would beg my parents every single day. My cousins played football. Um, I wanted to be just like them. So we moved back to the States and uh, we were living in Alexandria, Virginia. And dad was like, you know, we're going to put this kid in some contact sport. So, you know, he kind of lied to me. He was like, all right, you're going to play lacrosse this spring. And I was like, I have no idea what lacrosse is. Uh-huh. And he just said, you know, it's just it's just like football, so don't worry. And I was like, if it's just like football, I'm all aboard. So the first day of, like, tryouts or whatever it is for fifth, fourth and fifth graders, um, I showed up in, like, a Jacksonville Jaguars, Mark Brunel jersey, and I immediately was, like, outcasted. I was, like, the only kid in a football jersey. I remember, like, the day before, maybe, like, going before going to practice, like, my brother and I looking at ourselves in the mirror, like, getting in three-point stances, sitting in, like, a linebacker stance, like, thinking that we're just going to go out there and just be able to, like, you know, catch a football or and, you know, hit, hit each other. Uh-huh. Um, so it was kind of a humbling start, but it was, uh, you know, the best thing I think I've ever done in my life. And, you know, so happy that my parents, you know, put us in, in lacrosse and, and um, you know, just to see where it's taken me today is just is, is amazing. That's awesome. That's a funny story, you know, and I, I think it's it kind of shows, too, how, we still got, you know, a little bit of ways to go with, like, getting the game exposure level. But it's also, you know, anyone can play the sport. You know, you, you came from a football background. 
Um, you know, you have players coming from basketball backgrounds, kind of all over. It's kind of, you know, it takes a lot of different um, skill sets, and uh, I think that's kind of important. That's why, you know, I love the game, and I'm sure that's why you kind of like it too. For sure. Um, I mean, just to talk about Dom, like, he, he recruited two sport athletes. You know, he'd always say division – always want division one double cross players or, you know, you see the evolution of the game with, you know, Pat Spencer's and, you know, those college kids right now that are seniors and going to use their fifth year elsewhere to – explore opportunities or take advantage of it so yeah yeah no for sure um and you know following your your youth days you went to Dematha catholic uh you have some alma mater and uh three other pll players and johnny serdick grayson train and of course paul rabel um but how did you your game kind of develop when you were at Dematha? honestly i think i think you know my game kind of just uh just when i was you know in fifth sixth sixth seventh eighth grade uh a youth coach um by the name bob bohan and then he you know, really was the one that, you know, extracted the love of lacrosse out of me. It was, you know, yeah, that's where I think my playing style kind of, I always kind of relate back to, but, you know, mm-hmm. the finer, the finer tuned skills and attributes were, were, were definitely developed in high school and um, we're mostly known for basketball and football. Uh, the basketball team actually just won their 40 camp uh, basketball championship last night. And, um, you know, we have all the pros inside of that come from the school, um, from, you know, you look at Victor Oladipo, Rodney, who's in the NBA, Rodney McLeod, uh, Markel Fultz. As much as, you know, I gain by going to DeMatha athletically, you know, just the preparation for college and, and the maturation process was really kind of developed in those formative years um, at DeMatha. So couldn't thank them enough for, for everything that they've given me. No, that's awesome, and it took you down to Charlottesville, and you played under uh, Coach Starja. You mentioned, you know, Coach Starja a little bit, um, but you know, what kind of drew you to play for Dom? You know, at UVA. Honestly, like during the whole recruiting process, before like the letters were, even came out, I had no idea, like, like kind of what type of player I was. I didn't know if I was a recruitable player. The the summer going into my junior year, I legit like went to Lax dot com and hit every single Division one school and went to their website, found the coach's email and just sent my generic, you know, email out to, to all, every single division one school. I just wanted to play division one at, in, at mm-hmm. the highest level possible. And, um, you know, it's funny. I, I remember it was, um, a week before my birthday, I think, uh, coach started to have like a UVA team camp and it was when it was late August. So it was bef- after all the recruiting stuff kind of died down and, uh, my dad was like, hey, let's go to the team camp. You know, the crab, the, I played for the Baltimore Crabs. They were taking a team yep. down there. It was kind of like a group of, you know, rising juniors and rising seniors down there. And um, I was like, you know, I'm so lacrosse out. I don't want to do it. And he was just like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And, you know, luckily, I, uh, you know, we went down there. Uh, we had a great experience. And it was kind of like where some of the best lacrosse that I played at occurred. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate that it was in front of Mark Van Arsdale uh, John Walker and Coach Starja and Coach came up to me at the before the last game. Um, and was just like, "Hey, Patrick, you know, you played great this game. You'll be hearing from us." And I had like no idea what that meant. I was just like, "You'll be hearing from us." I was like, "Cool." Um, so throughout the whole recruiting process, Virginia was the first school to call, first school to email, would send the daily letters. But I, you know, this time I was like, "Am I good enough to go play at Virginia?" And mm-hmm. there was a little bit of a doubt in, in mind, but um, you know, I ended up deciding between uh, Virginia. Maryland and love for my hometown and, and love for my home state, but um, going to Virginia and being a part of Coach Starge's uh, teams and, and made some great friends and received a great degree and played with some unbelievable teams. Um, so 
uh, you know, could have could have been uh, could have been a better experience. Yeah, no, and you you played on that championship team your freshman year. I mean, what was that like winning a championship uh, in your first season with UVA? It set the bar pretty high. I'm not gonna lie. Like <laughs> you know, winning it your freshman year, you're like, dang, this is how it's gonna be. You know, hopefully three yeah. more. But um, you know, that was just a special season. Obviously, there's circumstances that happened um, before I got there, and then you know, there's some issues that arise when I was there with, uh, you know, the Bratton brothers, but it was, it was an unbelievable ride. I'm actually reading coach's uh, book right now, his book. I hope you will be very happy. And, you know, him recapping some of the, some of the memories of that season. It's just like kind of like reliving it. Um, and it just brings back so many great memories. Obviously, again, there was some, some instances that happened, but we kind of just came together as a team and, um, really rallied behind it, and thankfully we had great leaders in Bray Malfres, John Haldy, and you know Steel Stanwick, Adam Gilliman, and um, you know those guys like are, are kind of I think who deserve the most credit for you know riding the ship the right way and and getting us back on track and kind of having like that never back down or never die mentality and you know being able to uh, be down to Bucknell late in late in the fourth quarter to winning in overtime with Matt White in the game winner and then, you know, going to Long Island and being Cornell to, you know, Clint Kessnick kind of calling us out on uh, the internet, you know, saying the only, the only thing that's going to beat Denver is the, the heat. Um, and then, you know, beating Maryland in the national championship, it was, it was an unbelievable experience, you know, again, like winning it as a freshman, the, the standards were set high and, you know, unfortunately we couldn't get it back to, you know, the championship weekend but you know i'll, I'll never trade any of my wins losses um you know practices on saturday or sunday mornings for for anything for it all to come full circle was just a really really special moment yeah no for sure um but let's move on a little bit from your college career you you actually went undrafted in the mll and i know that kind of i, I read some articles on that kind of really kind of put a chip on your shoulder and you felt the need to prove yourself um and you were able I, to i think get in with the outlaws in the supplemental draft and then eventually had a stint with the Bayhawks before finally joining the Ohio Machine, uh, where you eventually won the 2017 MLL Championship. So just tell me what it was like having to prove yourself, um, you know, after going undrafted and the feeling of going from being an undrafted player to MLL, to MLL champion. Yeah, I think, like, honestly, like, you know, just through maturing a little bit over the years, it's I look back at my career at Virginia, like, you know, I played in majority of the games. I think I was, you know, an asset onto the team, but, you know, in order to be drafted, like hindsight, looking back now, it's just like, you know, maybe I didn't have like all the accolades, statistics, you know, measurements that would make me a draftable player. But at the same time, I, I still wanted to play. And, you know, sitting out that summer and seeing my peers who got drafted, you know, play, I'm like, you know, I can I can do this. And um, I remember uh, it's Coach, uh, Coach Seaman called. Tony Seaman and he's like, Hey, like we're interested in you. Like, can you actually, can you just like, let me know, have other teams contacted you? And, you know, I kind of put like my agent cap on and I was like, yeah, you know, I've heard from a couple a couple teams uh -huh. and the reality, the reality is I hadn't heard from anyone, but you know, I wasn't going to let that like deter them from picking me up. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to get drafted. And I think it was getting picked up in that supplemental to um, the outlaws was was like the best thing for me because they had um, a bunch of their Canadian players still playing in the indoor league. So, you know, there was, you know, room for offensive players to step in uh, and play right away, which I did for the first, um, I think, six games until all the Canadian guys kind of came back. Um, but, 
you know, you talked about like just the chip on your shoulder, you know, I, that's kind of like, you know, my MO kind of what I carry, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's some things that I can't control, but you know, at the same time, like, you know, being undrafted or, you know, getting uh, released by the outlaws and then being fortunate enough to get picked up by the, the Bayhawks, you know, being like one of the smaller guys uh, in stature in the, in the league, you know, um, especially in the PLL now, man, like I know we're kind of getting off topic, but you know, there, every single guy is so good that if you don't, if you don't bring it every single play, you're going to get exposed. So, you know, kind of just being prepared mentally and physically to step onto the field. And, you know, for me having that chip on my shoulder, you know, I've never necessarily been like one of the more marketable players. I said it in the, in a, in the interview before with, uh, mm-hmm. with you, with you guys that like, I'm not used in any marketing promotions. I'm not used for any clips, but you know, that, that, you know, that doesn't mean I'm not a good player. And, and again, you know, maybe it's a little chip that I can just add to the fire, but um, you know, I often kind of think I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit forgotten about and, and that's perfectly fine. You know, I'm kind of over those days where it's, you know, trying to try to make them do the highlight reel. You know, it's, it's more about just going out there, you know, playing very physical, doing my job and, and trying not to do too much. Um, you know, on the field, just let my game kind of speak for itself and, and then continue to just play hard. I think you, you hit two on your mentality a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I do want to say you, know, you are getting noticed, you know, I mean, obviously me and Dan know how good of a player you are. And I think, you know, now we're starting to see the importance of, um, you know, the MIDI that can play both ways in the PLL just because of, the, you know, the shortened field and stuff. Um, but I guess walk me through, I, I think you hit on something kind of important. You know, you said you're not the biggest guy out there. Um, so you have to do a little bit more preparation to kind of, you know, make sure you, you don't get beat by some of these, you know, star players um, that you face, especially on defensive midi. Um, what is your preparation going into game day and kind of, you know, how has it been this off season, kind of preparing, you know, for 2020? Yeah, so so game day is just mostly just, you know, we, we, we watch film as a team. Um, last year, coaches broke down film, so we had those clips um available to us and and, um the pll did a great job of providing us you know every game so you know we could break it down ourselves, which a lot of the redwoods players did and then you know watching film with coach uh nat um you know to to nat's elaborate you know scouting reports were very helpful Mm -hmm. um but you know i think the most important thing like at the defensive midfield position is just kind of like the mindset obviously having the film is going to help with tendencies and whatnot but you know, again, that mindset that, you know, it's, it's kind of mono we mono for me. It's, you know, I, I, I love when like guys on the other teams, like, Oh, we got 40, like with, we, we got our matchup dodge dodge. So, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff kind of fires me up. It's like, all right, let's go. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like boxing in, 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 in an aspect. It's, it's, it's you versus the other guy, obviously, you know, team defense is important too, but you know, when you're getting dodged on one-on-one um, from all over the field, it's, you know, kind of, taking pride in owning that matchup, you know, not giving top side, not getting beat, uh, rolled back, kind of just that mentality and having a mindset that, you know, you're the best player, you're the best player out there. You know, this guy, you know, he's a very good player too, but you're willing to bet on yourself on the matchup. So. No, that's, that's great. And I think that's kind of, you know, the mindset everyone should take into it, but it's, it's nice to kind of get that perspective because, um, you know, I played attack, uh, in high school and then a little bit of attack in college, um, but I remember they, they ran me when I was a freshman, they ran me a little bit at D midi, um, just because, you know, I wasn't one of the top guys to, to play on attack. Um, and I really wasn't going to see that much offensive midi time. And I just remember how challenging it was. It's, you know, I think people take for granted what it takes, 
um, to really be, you know, a defensive mini, especially specialized in that position. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's nice to kind of hear from, you know, a short stick defensive mini like yourself on what we kind of, what you kind of do to prepare each day in, day out. You know, I, I, again, I just think it's, I think it's mostly just a mindset and, you know, just, you know, understanding that you're, you're going to be dodged on and, and being, you know, accepting that and, and accepting the matchup and, and trying to take, again, take ownership of it. So, um, you know, I've, I've been playing defensive midfielder now for the past couple of years in professional lacrosse. Um, actually, I, th- I alluded to it before, but when I initially started, I played offensive. Uh, mm-hmm. I played midfield for the for that for the outlaws. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I came in as an offensive midfielder. I remember like my first defensive shift um, was against actually Brent Adams. Uh, we were playing Boston, and like uh, I remember Jesse, like uh, Jesse Schwartzman was our goalie. He's like, "All right, go press out, press out," and I'm like, "I, I go." to try to step to step up to Brent and Brent like runs right down the alley and shoots it. And I was like, this dude is the fastest guy I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, it took me a while to get used to um, professional lacrosse, the speed and being able, being comfortable at the defensive um, end of the field. But, you know, I take pride in it now, you know, honestly, like I'll, I'll do whatever the, the team needs. I know I joke around with Matt and, and, and goof off sometimes by grabbing a long pole and playing man down. Uh-huh for scouts but um you know I, i'll do whatever you know take a face off if one of our face off guys has a or how to push offense to help us out um so I'm, I'm just happy i have some sort of a role and and you know with with the pll in a roster and um adding you know a te- adding teams that you know it's just it's it's a challenge i alluded to it before like regardless if i got picked up by the water dogs or um you know, get, going back to the Redwoods, it's it, it's still going to be a challenge to make those rosters with how talented people are, with how talented the the F will be, with how talented the the rookies are coming into the league. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's spots necessarily safe, and it's just about you know coming to work, being prepared. And you know, we had a call tonight. There's 93 days left in the uh, off season, so you know, making every single 93 every single day count. Um, mm-hmm. So that come training camp, you're just in the best shape of your life and, and, and ready to rock and roll. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, you touched on, too, your relationship with Coach St. Laurent a little bit. And, you know, he was your defensive coordinator um, with the, the Ohio machine when you guys won that championship. And now, you know, he's your head coach with the Redwoods. How's your relationship with him kind of grown um, over the years? And how has he kind of helped you in your career? Yeah, I, I love Coach, uh, coach Nat. So when I first went to training camp with Ohio when I got picked up, uh, by them I was, I was I was in pretty bad shape and you know thankfully Matt and Coach Davis they you know they, they knew what I was capable of and I just told them hey give me a shot I'm gonna get back in shape and you know I ended up playing the rest of the season but um, you know having having the um, relationship with Matt from Ohio to you know him being our head coach now you know I know I know what he what he expects out of me and expects out of the entire team um, you know the first couple of days of training camp, you know, just telling the guys, Hey boys, you better buckle your chin strap. Coach, coach is going to call you out. Like, you know, I, I know his expectations. So, and, and, and now everyone else on the Redwoods does too. So, you know, I think year two will be, um, you know, you're going to see us hopefully take, take more strides, but you know, um, coach is a, a, a true, like kind of players coach. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he can be a hard ass, but you know, I think every player, if, if, if you're complaining that coach is riding you, like then, you know, being at this level shouldn't be for you. So I, I love it when coach, uh, you know, kind of uh, gets on us. He knows how to, you know, um, he knows how to get under our skins a little bit to motivate us and, and knows exactly what to say or, you know, 
how to say it. So um, I think our relationship has grown too. I think it's become more transparent, um, you know, just over the years and, you know, the difficult decisions with who to retain and, and Mm -hmm. why he's retaining certain guys, you know, just him being able to be, you know, fully transparent and me being able to be fully transparent without it hurting us, you know, so-and-so's feelings or without it, you know, ruining our relationship. I just think that's kind of where, where we've grown uh, mostly over the past, you know, three, four years. No, that's awesome. You know, and uh, he seems like, you know, he's been a, a good role model and influence on you and you kind of got into your coaching yourself. Now you're with uh, Arizona state, uh, the women's team. Uh, when did you start coaching and what kind of led to your decision to kind of get into the coaching game? Yeah. So, um, I, I live out in Arizona. I live in Scottsdale. Um, ASU is located in Tempe, which is probably 10 minutes away from where I live. Um, last summer towards the end of the PLL season, my lease was up in my uh, apartment and uh, my roommate was moving back home. And I saw that, uh, ASU's had announced a new head coach, Tim McCormick, who came from Northwestern and prior to that played, uh, lacrosse at, um, UMass was moving out here. I shot him like a message. I, I had no idea who he was. Only I saw him like Twitter or um, Instagram that Will Manny mm-hmm. was friends with him. Makes sense because they're UMass guys. But mm-hmm. I was like, hey, man, I don't know if you're looking for an apartment, but, um, you know, I'd love to, you know, be roommates. There's not many lacrosse guys in Arizona. So I mm-hmm. thought the synergy would be there. And, uh, you know, he was like, oh, I have a wife and kid. And I was like, all right, scratch that. I was like, who, who's, uh, who, who's going to be on your staff? And he mentioned um, – uh, Nicole Graziano from uh, Florida, All-American there. And then uh, Dorian Van Dyke, an All-American at Stony Brook, where it was joining his staff. And I was like, I'll just reach out to them. So the three of us uh, ended up living together. Um, and I was like, hey, guys, can I come out to practice? And so I came to practice one day. I've never really seen girls across. I still played at Syracuse, but I just – it was just of me. But uh, they were like, hey, would you want to be on staff and, like, be our volunteer assistant and come out whenever you can make it? So – um, I feel bad. There's some days that I don't make it out. I try to make it out there at least once or twice a week, but, um, it's super cool. I, I love the girls game. Honestly, like if I was to jump into coaching, I, I would strongly consider the women's game. I think, uh, like when, when we're, when I'm coaching some of the girls on our team, like I, they, they fully listen, they're, they're, they're trying to be as adaptive to what I'm bringing to them. Uh, it's really, it's really cool to see like them try some of this stuff that works in the guy game and try to try to bring it into their game as well. So um, it's been a great experience. Tim, Tim's unbelievable. Um, ASU wise, like the school sells, it's, it's, uh, it's in virtually paradise. It's the weather's great all year, all year, all year round. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, living with um, Nicole and Dorian and coaching with them has been, has been a great experience as well. So um, I'm fortunate enough to find myself in the coaching game. I just wish I could get out there a couple more days a week to, mm-hmm. you know, to be an asset for the coaching staff and the girls. So. Yeah, no, but that's awesome, and uh, yeah, I feel the same way. I kind of, you know, didn't really pay attention to the women's game too much, uh, you know, in high school and college, and since me and Adam have been covering, Adam's actually wife played uh, in college as well, and he's always kind of been into the um, the women's game a lot more than I have, and I've kind of just slowly starting to get into it, but it's such a fast game. I, I This isn't a disservice to the men's game at all, but it's way faster, and um, I think more people kind of need to be exposed to it because it's a different game than the men's, but I think it's unique in its own right and just as entertaining in, in my mind. So we've really enjoyed talking to a lot of the, the women athletes that we cover in the WPLL, and we're hoping to get more on um, in the future. But, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, that's another sport that's 
really kind of, you know, starting to take off because um, even though it is the women's version of lacrosse, it's kind of, you know, different in its own right. And uh, I think, you know, for a good reason, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's different in its own right. It has its own exciting moments. Um, you know, it's super fun. I actually practice with the girls. So that's like kind of like part of my offseason training is the two days that I get out there, I, I kind of quote unquote suit up. There's not really much that we're putting on besides, uh, you know, goggles. I don't, I don't wear goggles, but I just put a reversible on the cleats. I have a girl stick and I just run up and down the field. It's it's a blast. I mean, it, it's got me in such better shape. It's It's like you said, actually the field's longer, so it's more running and like you said, it's it's fast paced, so there's very little stop and start. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You actually got uh, to try on the WPLL uniform too a little bit for Halloween. I, I love that Halloween costume you you did the swap there. Um, what gave you guys the idea to do that? Um, honestly, we were just going out like one night. It was it was kind of like a low key night, but it was like either at Halloween or the day after and we were like we can't go out without a costume and we were just like, let's just swap jerseys uh she nicole didn't want to do it at all i was like kind of i i kind of pushed for it a little uh-huh. more so you know it was it was all fun game so people people were wondering that when we we're out there like what sport is that and you know lacrosse so trying to to the arizona natives trying to explain uh uh, what was going on with uh, lacrosse, what it is, and, and teaching them. At first they thought I was wearing, like, a Cam Newton jersey and whatnot, uh-huh. but, you know, how to, yeah. how to introduce them to the, to the WPLL. Yeah, no, awesome. Awesome way to grow the, the brand of the PLL and the WPLL, so that's great. Um, but, yeah, this, is, this has been great so far. Pat, we're going to take a quick break, um, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll get back into it and our, do our 5 and 5 segment. Awesome. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. All right, so welcome back. Let's uh, dive into this five and five segment. So I'm going to ask you five lacrosse questions. Uh, they're supposed to be a little bit more fun answers, you know, kind of quick answers too. And then after that, I'll ask you five off-the-field questions, more about like what you do, you know, outside of lacrosse. Uh, but the first one I do for the lacrosse, what is one of uh, the top songs on your game day or workout playlist right now? Um, I'm a big Drake fan, so kind of anything Drake. Um, I would say off his last album, Nonstop um some of his older songs back to back uh i like eminem so like you know old school wise lose yourself till i collapse uh 50 cent in the game hate it or love it um so i gotta kind of have more older songs on there but um 
you know, any, anything really in the, in the headset kind of gets me fired up and, and energizes me to keep, keep pushing. No, that's awesome. I like it. Eminem's a staple in, in my workout playlist. You, you got to have a little bit of Eminem. I have some Drake on there too. Yeah. Uh, number two, who do you think the Woods' biggest rival is in the PLL right now? Um, I, don't, I personally don't really have any uh, mm-hmm. rivals. Uh, I would say if you asked me that like a year or two ago, and I think the person would say the same thing, it would be like Nick Ocello or maybe Matt Cavanaugh. We just always used to get into it whenever we would play. Mm-hmm. Um, team-wise, you know, actually, uh, I'm also super glad that they're on my team now. But mm-hmm. uh, team-wise, I don't really know if we have a rival per se. You know, just it was only it's only the inaugural year, but – you know, losing to the Whipsnakes, Stong, and, you know, hopefully getting another crack at suiting up this season and playing with the Redwoods and, you know, being able to play against the uh, the Whipsnakes again, you know, for sure. I would love to would love to compete against them. So I, yeah, if yeah. I had to choose, I would say the Whipsnakes. Awesome. Yeah, no, we're looking forward to that rematch whenever it comes this, uh, this season. Um, number three, who is your favorite lacrosse personality on social media right now? So under the ra- like an under the radar guy like uh, if if you guys haven't followed him yet you need to my guy my guy McNeil is Mark McNeil um, like the guy just loves to travel so he's he he he's he's awesome like whenever he travels he's always commenting always posting funny goofy stuff and um, created his own hashtag the Moose is Loose which is his nickname and, or the the uh, what does he call himself? The some sort of uh, bandit, uh, the bakery bandit or something. I don't think he steals them, but you know, just him ordering a bunch of uh, stuff from the bakery and eating it. Like the guy's just a clown in, in itself. So I'd say McNeil's is a good personality who I expect the PLL to start pr- highlighting and, and, and helping throw his following to some extent. Awesome. Yeah, well, we'll definitely try to help him out a little bit too. You know, we're not nearly as big as the PLL, but we're we're working on it. He loves the camera, so don't be afraid to uh, get him on here. The guy's not camera shy one bit. For sure. You know, maybe you know we'll have him do like Instagram takeover. Um, we're trying to do do more of those again, showcase the personalities. So that's what we're trying to do a little bit more of. But for sure. Uh, number four. What is your current lacrosse stick set up in terms of shaft, head, and stringing? So right now. Um, I actually just got a shipment from STX, which I'm super thankful for. Um, again, I'm not like again, I'm not like one of the high profile guys, so I kind of take whatever I can get. Um, but I have a I don't even know what the head's called. Um, I'm so like out of the loop. But I have a SDX stallion, um, strung up. Um, one of my my guys back in Maryland, Woody Lack, strung it. So I was shooting him with it this past weekend. It's pretty dialed in. And then I also have a uh, East Coast Dyes head, the Rebel. So um, those are the two heads that I have strung up right now. And uh, I gave away my shaft, so I'm using a, a shaft that's not a PLL sanctioned right now. But um, once uh, once the season comes about, and hopefully hopefully the league will send me a shaft or two to to break in. Yeah, no, awesome. And then number five, what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at so far? Um, man, the crowd at uh, Albany was pretty wild, and and I, I know that uh, we sold it out. It was, it was pretty awesome. I would I would say Albany or DC. I had a bunch of family and friends in DC. Mm-hmm. I thought the venue was sweet. I would love it if the PLL can go back there again. That venue would be awesome for like a 
you know, a night game or maybe like a playoff or championship game. So um, I, I would go Albany or D.C. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I haven't been to Aldi Field yet uh, in D.C. I, I moved right before they built it. I know they were building it when I was still living there, but uh, my roommate actually went down for the D.C. Defenders game, and he said the stadium's, like, perfect for, you know, like that type of environment, and, you know, the crowd really got into it. Um, so that's on my, my wish list. If they do go back, I'm trying to get down to the D.C. one um, there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they go back as well. Yeah. And now for the, the off-the-field questions, uh, number one, what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy doing when you're not on the lacrosse field? Um, so when I'm not on the lacrosse field, I spend most of my time actually coaching. I, uh, mm-hmm. Myself and two other guys out in Arizona started a club team. So awesome. we're trying to grade the game of lacrosse, um, kind of like grassroots. Um, you know, start with these young guys. And, you know, we have a high school team too, but really trying to grade the game from uh, – from the younger guys up, uh, we, we're called the Arizona Outlaws. Um, you know, we have we have a couple good teams. We're expecting to have a a, a strong summer this year, going to two tournaments. Um, so outside of the cross, it's more the cross. And then you know, with being in 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 the desert, I tend to go hiking a bit, uh, hanging out by the pools. Um, I also have a full time job. I work for Shaker. It's a medical device company. So okay. you know, I'm obviously busy busy with work uh during the week and then you know finding time to work out and and uh catch a flight to to games on the weekend and then number two who is a non-lacrosse athlete that you think would really excel on the lacrosse field um you know just off the top of my head you know i was actually funny i was actually talking to coach uh, tim mccormick about this at from asu i was like if you can get any of these nba players to to come play lacrosse like the game would be crazy i mean you look at like a miles jones the guy's just a physical Mm -hmm. specimen but Mm -hmm. you know you look at guys like you know lebron james or you know Giannis antetokounmpo um and and these guys are just you know freakishly athletic that the game would be who knows what the game would look like Mm -hmm. if if you got some of these guys to come jump over and play or even you know you look at the nfl with like a derrick henry or uh, Lamar Jackson running at the midfield, like mm-hmm. it would be silly. It would, it would, you know, it would almost, it wouldn't be fair. So, um, seeing some guys like that jumping over to play the cross would be, would be wild. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a Ravens fan. So seeing a Lamar Jackson, you know, on the lacrosse field would just like blow my mind. It would be, it would be awesome. But you know, I think we're seeing too, like the athleticism's there, um, and it's kind of cool to see too. Like everyone's kind of been disappointed with how. You know, like a JT Giles Harris and Dox Aiken and Jared uh, Bernhardt are all like, you know, going to play sports for a fifth year, kind of like uh, Pat Spencer's doing. But I think it's a testament to the athletes we already have in the game as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think the more, like you said too, Coach Starza talked about having multi-sport athletes on his team. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're starting to get there. And um, I, I think, you know, the, the sky's the limit with terms of people we can get to, you know, continue to play the game. For sure, yeah. And it just goes to, you know, introducing the games to 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 everyone and, you know, the efforts that the PLL is doing with some of their partners with, you know, Brooklyn Lacrosse, uh, Coach Starja and his involvement with Harlem Lacrosse. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, even just, you know, the way that Paul got started, the way that a lot of us got started was just, you know, handing a stick to your neighbor or your friend and saying, hey, come to practice with me or like, hey, try this, try this out. So, um, you know, I'm excited for the future of the sport. It's in good hands with, uh, you know, Paul, Mike, and the PLL team. And mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, the visibility that the PLL's 
uh, providing on social media and then their partner with NBC is, you know, the, the sport's really going to take off and you're, and you're going to see a ton of passionate fans and uh, a ton of people that are, you know, have never thought about the reality or, or, you know, being able to play professional lacrosse as, a, as, you know, as an opportunity. So it's going to be, it's going to be a great experience. Uh, and I look forward to, you know, being a part of it in some way or the other. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, number three, what are some of your favorite places to go in Arizona? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, there's actually a really cool, um, taco shop down in uh, Phoenix called beach house. Uh, it, it's a really cool taco spot, just like in the middle of the road. And then you can pull over and grab, uh, some awesome tacos. I went there with Matt McMahon, um, two weeks ago, actually. Um, so he was out here and he had a buddy and they showed it to me. Uh, other cool spots, um, don't want to sound too bougie, but the W hotel, they have an unbelievable pool on the rooftop and, um, it's a fun time. You know, a lot of people, uh, convene over there. (laughs) So, um, touristy wise, there's a mountain called Camelback. Um, my parents were out here last weekend and we hiked it. So it's Arizona has a lot to offer. It's a, it's an awesome place. Um, if anyone's listening, college, high school, pro uh, guys, and they were interested in moving to Arizona, you know, reach out to me. I'll plug you into the network and, and get you fully ingrained. So trying to trying to get more guys out here. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Growing the game uh, out west. I love it. Uh, kind of going off of that, you mentioned a you know, food spot. What is your favorite meal and do you prefer to dine out? Um, take out or cook at home um man i've been eating a ton of chipotle lately i know that's like super i don't know basic or, or whatnot but i've been crushing chipotle um and then i've been also you know just trying to eat eat healthier which you know part of that process is cooking food mm-hmm. um at home so i'm pretty pretty basic there it's just mostly like ground turkey or ground beef and vegetables rice and and uh that's really it um so I've yeah. a little plug here. I've been, I've been utilizing a company. My, one of my buddies put me onto it. It's called Huel and it's kind of like a meal replacement. So oh, again, yeah, I work, um, yeah. yeah. So I work in, again, in, in the device industry, medical device industry. So, you know, trying to grab a, uh, a meal isn't always, you know, uh, accessible or, or feasible. So, uh, I kind of have been on the fuel of the Huel train and, you know, it's just, two scoops you, you mix it up with water and it, it serves enough uh protein carbs and all that kind of good stuff for for a meal so that's that's what i've been on during the middle of the day you know i've never tried them i i always get like ads for them i feel like on instagram or whatever um i'm gonna have to check them out because i've kind of been finding that too like i've been getting really busy i feel like just with work and everything that i you know i i been taking takeout a lot and you know that's not something i want to do all the time so um yeah, yeah i might have to check that out for sure yeah try them out i'm sure now that we we said it that our devices are listening to us so we'll be uh getting some targeted uh <laughs> exactly. advertisements yeah no for sure uh and finally number five what's a book that you've been reading or have read or a podcast that you're listening to that you'd recommend to a teammate or a friend man okay so my favorite book um my favorite book is uh, The Alchemist. Uh, okay. I just think it's 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 a great book. Uh, I actually picked it back up a couple of years ago, and I bought it. I have a hard copy, um, so I, I highly suggest The Alchemist to everyone and anyone. 
Um, as I mentioned before, right now I'm reading Coach Starge's book. I hope you will be very happy. And I think it's, again, pertainable to, to everyone. It has great leadership uh, lessons. And, you know, for anyone that coaches or, you know, kind of in that realm, even just businesses, it makes you think about how you would want to, you know, form your own team or, you know, your own opinions. Um, so that that's another great one. And then uh, I think David Goggin's book, I don't know if uh, you read it. It's called Can't Hurt Me. It's phenomenal. I, uh, I read it in a couple of days, and it just talks about his life and his path as a Navy SEAL, overcoming uh, odds and just kind of training your mind to think a certain way that nothing can stop you. So um, I would say those three books uh, are kind of on top of the, uh, on top of the, the chain. And then uh, podcast-wise, uh, Pro Lacrosse Talk. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, throwing throw, throwing you guys out there, but uh, I I listened to um, I listened to uh, you know Paul's podcast is is awesome. He has some great yeah. great guys out there. So um, you know I'm, I haven't uh, you know really committed to the podcast game too, too hard, but um, yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, no, I'll have to t- check out those uh, those books you mentioned. I've I've been reading Coach Starges, so the other two I'll have to check out. Um, and he, he actually talked to us about that book before it came out when we got him on the podcast initially this summer. Uh, it was funny, he kind of dropped. He's like, oh, I have a book coming out. And we're like, oh, we didn't know that. We like we were researching, you know, just doing our, our homework, and we didn't see that. He's like, oh, yeah, we haven't really announced it yet. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we got to talk to him. I got him to, to sign a copy when, at LaxCon. Yeah, no, it was, it was kind of funny. Um, yeah, and we appreciate you listening. If you have any... Uh, you know, advice for us, you know, what we can, how we can take it to the next level. We appreciate the feedback. I know Paul does a great job with his unbuckled chin strap. Um, I used to listen to his suiting up all the time, so I'm glad that he's kind of continued that a little bit um, with the unbuckled chin strap. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of great podcasts out there. I don't get to listen to all of them because, you know, sometimes I'm producing obviously our own and then working and stuff. But I, I try to dabble a little bit in everything just to kind of, you know, keep my nose to the ground. Yeah, Joe Joe Rogan's obviously great. Like you know, just yeah. you know, the way that he thinks and and kind of bringing in certain guests and and it's just I, I love listening to Joe Rogan as well. He puts mm-hmm. all his stuff on YouTube too. So and I think the way the podcast too, like obviously no discredit to what we're doing or what other people do, but you know the fact that they they um, record it you know obviously for the podcast but then they also record it so you can like kind of see the interactions and facial expressions and you can put it on youtube i I think that's just super interesting as well so yeah no that's that's something we're we've talked about doing for a while it um it's something that takes a little bit more time but that's something that's definitely on my radar because i think i think that's kind of an untapped spot right now um especially with like youtube like it's easy to just go on youtube i think though there needs to be like a platform that's kind of integrating both the visual medium and the audio medium because like you said some people are more visual and they want to watch something um but it's kind of like youtube's like a great spot for it but it's also i feel like there needs to be more podcast specific like platform with video i don't know that's kind of something i've had on my mind uh, i had a lot of ideas that kind of run through my head but that was one thing i was thinking like it's it's kind of cool how you can get to subscribe and and like people's podcasts and stuff and and leave comments um and you can do that on youtube but it's still not really youtube isn't really tailored to the podcast game per se so sure. i don't know if anyone wants to steal that idea you know i don't really have time for it so you know kind of invent a podcast platform that you know is visual in nature i, I think they could 
have a have a home run there. But uh, yeah, I agree. That's something we definitely want to do with the podcast a little bit more. We've we've done a few of recordings of ourselves, but I think we're going to try to, you know, kind of get people maybe to Skype in a little bit more and get some more in persons too. Obviously, it's it's tough when we're on different ends of the country like we are right now, but um, that's what kind of I think that would help us take it to the next level. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, you guys got to make it out to a couple games and maybe grab sure. some of us uh, the night before or, or yeah, whatnot, no. maybe afterwards and just some reactions or some questions, you know. That's definitely what we want to do going forward. Last last season, we kind of flew by the seat of our pants. We got out to a few games, but I think that's what we really want to do this season um, and, you know, kind of get kind of do what Spit and Chicklets does. You know, they, they go to these events and they, they get these guys on, um, you know, the nights before or the, the days after. I think that's... That's the goal. So yeah, for sure. Um, that wraps up the five and five. Though we always like to end on one final question, Pat, and that is, what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? Man, um, you know, I, I would probably just say that don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it, um, and just having that mindset. Um, you know, you know, there there might be some odds against you, but you know, screw it, find a way, and you know, if you want something bad enough, that you know, it'll be it'll be attainable. So. You know, don't don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. No, that's great advice for especially our young listeners. Uh, well, Pat, this has been great. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, you know, again, congrats on the terrific season with the Red Wolves last season. You know, you guys came up a little short, but I think you're poised to make another playoff run this season. And uh, best of luck when you as you prepare for the 2020 PLL season. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Go Redwoods. If you enjoyed this interview, please leave us a review on Apple, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media at ProLacrosseTalk or visit our website, ProLacrosseTalk.com. Uh, and finally, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we hope you tune in next time to ProLacrosseTalk. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, the Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today.